0: Welcome to Hockey Night in New York where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the church of trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night In New York, welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, July 19th, 2020. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Another big show coming up for you, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Rosner from the Blue Line Deli and Bagels will be joining us to talk about his wonderful deli as well as his place in the Islander community and all the big news going on in Islander country like Sorokin Signing. The qualifying rounds and everything else going on. We are powered by Go Hockey Media and sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Check it out for great food, great people, and great Islander fans. Christian Arnold, how are you? <laughs> I'm trying to compose myself. Are you no one okay? can see it
1: at home, but I was mocking you during the intro and I cracked
0: myself up. And I couldn't stop laughing well, for a few seconds. Well, I'm glad that you're able to entertain yourself <laughs> while you're here for the show. That's, uh, uh, that's great. I'm, I'm very happy I'm for, for you. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Whatever <laughs> you want to tell yourself, buddy. That's, that's fine. So, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, as I said at the top here, some big news here in Islander Country. Finally, finally, Mikey Carver's white whale has, has signed, he is sealed, and soon to be delivered he will be playing hockey for the New York Islanders, although not right away because of some weird rules and stipulations in this new CBA that the PA and the league worked out. But Christian, he's coming. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, it's it's
1: been a long time coming, to say the least, and I think it's it's been such a long process. Obviously, no one really thought it was ever going to happen, to be honest, because it's the Islanders. Everyone traditionally knows that if it's the Islanders, things are never going to work out. And, and like we talked about last week, <laughs> it has certainly turned a corner with this franchise. A lot of things between the arena, between the coaching situation, between just the general direction of the organization, things have really taken a a 180 here, and Sorokin is just the latest example of that. And it's such a crucial move now. I mean, obviously it's on Sorokin to live up to the hype and live up to the billing that a lot of Islander fans have for him. That's the future you know, goaltender of the future for the New York Islanders franchise going forward. And, um, I mean, the big thing, too, in that entire situation was the fact that they now have him under contract for next year as well, aside from just burning the his, his entry-level contract this year Uh, and having to worry about negotiations during the offseason, whenever that may be, in in October, November, before the regular season starts for the 2021 season in December most likely. So, I mean, that was such a huge thing as well because it takes away some of the concern because you know with Islander fans that even if one thing goes right, they're just waiting for the next thing to go wrong. And they got Sorokin here, and I think the expectation is, all right, he's here, but is he really going to sign now? And now that's taken off the table, at least for the next year or so because the Islanders now have him under what's basically a bridge deal. You know, it gives him an opportunity to prove his worth and and prove why he's this highly touted goaltender from uh, – goaltending prospect, I should say, you know, from Russia. And this is his opportunity to say, hey – I, it's now my job to go out there and earn the money that that I want to be paid. That I was making in the KHL over there, and he, you know, he has a lot of hype to live up to. So it's certainly not going to be an easy task. But think about who the Islanders have as their goaltending coaches, and I mean, yeah. it's it's a very exciting prospect for the Islanders going forward,
0: for sure, without a doubt. So we're going to talk all about that. Sorokin eventually coming over here after signing these contracts. We're going to talk about the qualifying round schedule. Now that that's out, we can talk about when the Islanders are playing, how that's going to work out, and any um, I suppose <laughs> anybody upset about those noon starts during the week, but we'll get into that. We'll also talk about the now-scheduled exhibition game. They're going to be playing the New York Rangers in a little rivalry warm-up. That's going to be on Wednesday the 29th, so plenty of stuff to talk about here. So, Christian, let's keep it on, Siro. Can you talk about the fact that they – you know, not only burned his ELC, but they got him for that extra year. And I think that kind of caught us all maybe by a little bit of surprise. I didn't see that coming right away.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone did because I think the expectation was Lou wasn't going to deal with that right off the bat. It was going to be, all right, we got him here. We're going to get him into training camp a little bit. We're going to get him to Toronto to be part of this bubble situation with the team while they go through the playoffs. <laughs> and then and then we'll go from there. That out and you know, it comes along. Obviously, his agent breaks the news on Twitter that Monday In night. In dramatic fashion. Yes, that Monday night, I believe it was. <laughs> it was around like 8 o'clock. I yeah, think. and yeah. He, he breaks the news on with this big graphic on Twitter and, you know, this big announcement. It's already Photoshopped. Right, to have he, he was colors ready to go. And I mean, <laughs> randomly wearing number 30. <laughs> <laughs> so he was ready to go with that. And right. so then the next, I think it was the next day or the day after that where it comes down the pipeline that not only was he signed to this ELC, which, uh, you know, that was the big announcement that first day. Then the fact that the Islanders signed him to that extension, which is the bigger news, I think, in all of this, because like I was just saying, it sets up for now you don't have to worry about signing him during the offseason. You know what you're you know he's locked up there. You know what the cap space he's gonna be taking up is. It's not a huge amount, it seems like. So that's a plus for the islanders who are really gonna be up against the cap this year. Yeah. Especially considering the fact that it's not really going up. Um, because of the current situation with the league finances, so it, it, it was a big deal. It was a big deal because now it's not a headache. Because there were, like I said, there were still some people that just assumed he wasn't going to sign that next contract, or they weren't going to be able to figure it out.
0: Yeah, and you know, you brought up the fact that he, they're, they're hoping to get him over here for camp. If I guess, if he can make it before that's over, but then ultimately to get him up in Toronto. Now, are you surprised by that? Because personally, I was. I didn't think that he was going to be involved in that. I thought maybe. You know, look, we we heard the news that, you know, he was going to be allowed to, but everybody was kind of wondering, is is Lamarillo going to be looking to have him, you know, count towards the number of people they can bring up there? And he's been very gung-ho. He wants him involved right away. He said he wants him to get acclimated with the team, you know, and I guess how they operate. And I'm sure he wants, you know, uh, Mitch Korn and um, Piero Greco's hands all over him as, as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think it's that much of a surprise because I think the incentive behind that was to – help teams like the, the guys aren't going to get to play but it's the incentive now they're going to be part of this this unique situation really part of history mm-hmm. when you look back 30 40 50 years from now when you're when we're at that point in time and you look back at this this is going to be probably one of the most unique Stanley Cup playoffs in in the league's history right and so it's an opportunity for them to be a part of this very unique situation it's an opportunity for them to be around their NHL club now get a taste of what's going to happen what's to come for them in their future career so that, again, if you're if in a situation like Sorokin, it makes it more enticing. Now he knows what's there. It would make it easier for him to sign a contract extension, which he already has done. But I feel like that's it wasn't surprising because that's, I think, part of the incentive of allowing these teams to bring them up there to begin with.
0: Yes, and you raised the topic last week with Andrew Gross You know, wondering if he might be willing to play for Bridgeport if the AHL gets started beforehand. We've learned that they've already communicated about that. He said he has no problem with it. He said whatever is going to help his development the best. So, you know, you talk about Islander fans, you know, expecting the worst and expecting bad news, and it just seems like one little domino of good news after another. I mean, it seems like this, the start of this relationship with Sorokin, couldn't have really gotten off to a better start.
1: Yeah, no, and I don't think it was ever going to be. I never thought in my gut that he was going to try and big-time and say, I'm not going to the AHL. It yeah. just was never the impression that anyone really got from the bits and pieces of information we got through his agent or that was put out in the press and stuff like that. I never got the sense that he was going to big-time the Islanders and say, I'm not going to the AHL. I think he knew. I think he's if he's smart, too, he'll understand. If the AHL season starts in October like it traditionally does, mm-hmm. that's more playing time for him. It's more playing time for him to get acclimated to the North American game, the smaller rink, potentially uh, future opponents when he gets to the NHL. And, and, I mean, it's just also it's a goodwill gesture to the organization that you're coming into right. and expecting to, you're expecting them to pay you big bucks because you think you're worth it. He, it's a goodwill gesture for him on his part because, hey, he looks like a team player now. And yes. I, there's no downside to going down to the NHL. If they're saying he'll go to the NHL and start there and mm-hmm. then come up for an NHL training camp, where is the downside? If anything, you have a bigger uh, – you have a better um, foot than some of the other guys who are going to go in there into training camp in November, December Having, uh, you know, not played in a couple months or, you know, he's going
0: to be much more acclimated and ready to go once the NHL camp opens. For sure. And I'm sure he looked at it that way. It's to his benefit. If if the AHL gets started beforehand, he can already start getting reps. And and like you said, it does... It does go a long way to just let the organization and let the fans know that he's a team player, that he's not p- putting himself above the team. Like, look at everything I did out in the right. KHL. Look at all the numbers I put up. You know, you guys are going to pay me. I'm not playing down there. You know, so, again, it's it's good to see, you know, things develop the way they have so far. So, I think, you know, full marks to Lamarillo and the Islanders for, for getting a deal done and, you know, to Sorokin and his agent. It's kind of interesting that Sorokin ended up changing agents throughout this whole right, process. Yes. But they found a way to get a deal, and he's going to have that one extra year, as you said, and he will be a restricted free agent after that with arbitration rights. And uh, we'd like to hope that it won't come to that. <laughs> that means things soured pretty quickly. Yes. <laughs> All the goodwill we were talking about is gone. But right. no, I don't.
1: I would imagine we're not going to get to that point. But also, who knows at this? You know what I mean? Like right. everything is so crazy. Who knows what's going to happen? And
0: you mentioned the salary cap and how that works with this whole deal. And it looks like. They're going to be saving themselves about $1.3 million next season because this inevitably probably spells the end for Thomas Grice's tenure as a New York Islander. Maybe creates a bit of an interesting dynamic now that he kind of knows for sure that this is his last hurrah here right. going into the qualifying rounds.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's certainly I, – I don't know if they're looking at it like that because I think the focus on everyone going into the playoffs and into the bubble is, you know, we're going in there to win a Stanley Cup. For sure. Cup. Um, but I, I mean, when you're looking forward like that, sure. Yeah. It makes sense. He's got to, he's, he's got to he be forward thinking. I'm sure his agent is not stupid and he's certainly thinking about that going forward. So, uh, the playing time he potentially gets in the postseason uh, for the New York Islanders certainly could go a long way for him when it comes to getting a contract next year with the, I mean, most likely not the Islanders. So somewhere else, um, wherever that may be. And obviously you wish him well, cause he's been such a great, uh, member of the Islanders organization as far as a team guy, a locker room guy. You know, he's he's a guy that everyone li- likes, and he's picked the Islanders up out of a lot of tough jams too during his tenure uh, between the pipes for the New York Islanders. So, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate that this is the way these things play out sometimes, but right. obviously for the betterment of the organization and for the future prosperity of, it, prosperity of it, Ilya Sorokin is such a key piece to that, key piece to the New York Islanders being a Stanley Cup contender potentially down the line. Uh, as well. So it, it's, again, sad to see, but at the same time, it's just the nature of the beasts.
0: Yes, it is. And everybody's calling on the goalie of the future. We will find out soon. The future is almost now. He is a part of the Islanders organization. So very exciting times for the Islanders and their fans. But with that, folks, we've got to take a break because Donald Rosner of the Blue Line Deli and Bagels will be joining us. So thanks so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can tune in live or for the archives at hockeynightny.com. We'll be right back. <laughs> The only thing better than a Great Long Island Deli is a Great Long Island Deli run by die-hard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food and clean atmosphere and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support want to place an order for pickup call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online blue line deli and bagels where the great selections will have you saying yes 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 Looking for great Islanders content on the web? Islanders Insight has you covered. Islanders Insight provides top flight analysis and the latest news from inside the locker room and behind the scenes. Whether it's progress at Belmont, trades, injuries, hirings, firings, or signings, Islanders Insight is on top of it all with an excellent staff of writers featuring Hockey Night in New York's own Christian Orton. So head on over to IslandersInsight.com and stay up to date on all things Islanders. Hope you enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Joining us right now from Blue Line Deli and Bagels is Mr. Donald Rosner. Donnie, thanks so much for joining us tonight, buddy. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's get into it here. You're a very popular man these days. I believe you just got off another show with Gary Harding over at uh, Sports Talk Radio. How'd it go?
2: I hope it went all right. I hope I didn't stutter too much. Maybe I saved some stuttering for right now. We'll see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds good. So obviously, you know, you you opened up the deli a a few months back amidst some hard times and You know, you've been doing your best to be a part of the Islanders community and help out in any way you can. And, you know, you have a lot of admiration coming from us here at Hockey Night in New York with all the work that you did with Devin over at Yes Men Outfitters. And just maybe to get started, just talk a little bit about that and, uh, you know, how you've kind of uh, woven yourself into the Islander community as well as the Long Island community.
2: All right, sure. So, you know, when we opened, it was like right when all this started and uh, it was scary You know, I didn't really know how to handle it. So, to be honest with you, I've done a lot of charity stuff in the past with Bagel Boss, and it just made sense. Like, you know, there was a very, very public, you know, announcement coming from everywhere, like, you know, these uh, healthcare workers need help. So, thankfully, we were able to be open, and, um, you know, we just did our part. And uh, another thing was uh, there was, like, shortages for toilet paper, paper towels, and water, and my suppliers had all that. So, um, excuse me, we, uh, put that stuff all out at cost and just, you know, we tried to introduce ourselves into the community on a good note. And, um, that's just how we are, you know, it's something that I would do anytime, whether it was when we opened or 10 years from now, but, you know, we just wanted to be, uh, a part of the good, you know, coming out of all this stuff.
1: Hey, Donnie, it's Christian. Uh, Thank you. First of all, thanks so much for everything you've done. I know we worked together on a story for Islanders Insight and it was just, it was an honor to tell the story of what you guys were doing because it was such a great thing at the time. Uh, And it was really noble considering you had just started a business. Devin was running a business of his own uh, and you guys were taking time and putting other people ahead of that. And I think that certainly deserved to be told and commended. But I I think one of the really interesting things too, out of all this has been the the fact that the Islanders community has Islanders fandom community, I guess you could say has kind of stepped up in return and and really supported you through this endeavor. I mean, you've had Butch Goring there. You've had Brian Compton there from NHL.com. Um, Brendan Burke and his wife have been through to your deli as well. I mean, and so many Islander fans, teams like have also made the what you can almost call a pilgrimage at this point to Blue Line. Just what has the response been from the Islanders community uh, to your deli, especially in these really hard times for for small businesses in this area?
2: So... I, I can't even express this in words, but I'll try. So basically, to put it simply, if if the Islander fans that have been coming in religiously haven't been, we'd be screwed. Um, I, I'd definitely be in trouble because, you know, this pandemic hit everybody so hard. And, and unfortunately, I've seen so many friends and family members have to close their stores permanently because of it. I mean, in, even in Manhattan now, it, I mean, they're at, like, 40% capacity, and um, a friend of mine who owns another place in Manhattan was just in my store yesterday just telling me how hard he was hit and how he's struggling, so, you know, the Islander fans have really embraced me and what I've been doing, and I can't even tell you how grateful I am for that. Um, you know, I have a family with kids and everything, and not to sound like a son story, but I just, you know, this stuff is real. You know, this is like my livelihood. So, um, on I, on a daily basis, I had a, let's say let's say three hundred people come into the store. I would say two hundred of them are are wearing Islander gear or hockey gear. And um, I mean, that's just it's unbelievable. And I mean, I can't even I don't even know how to say thank you enough to everybody that's been coming out.
0: No doubt about it, Donald. And you know. <clears throat> You've you've gotten very innovative over there at the deli too. You've had a lot of uh, pretty cool com- promotions and contests. Uh, you had a basketball hoop set up in there. You had people taking shots right to, to win gift cards and, and sandwiches and stuff like that. So I love what you're doing with that. And you know you have a big you know a sandwich menu with Islander themed uh, and hockey themed names and stuff like that. Do you happen to have a fa- a particular favorite uh, sandwich on that menu or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I do actually. So. um well, first of all, I just want to say the whole like interactive thing that we do, that's, that's just like pure fun. Um, like when you go into a deli and you order a hero, um, if they're making things fresh and everything, it takes a few minutes. So, you know, people are standing around and right now, um, it's very uncomfortable standing around in a place where, you know, you're thinking the person next to you might have COVID. So like, you know, it's, I see I see how uncomfortable it is for people and people try to avoid each other and everything. So sure. we put a box of gloves um on top of the windowsill, right next to the ping pong table and the basketball hoops. So you know, whoever's gonna play puts on the gloves and they can play. But it, it it distracts them from what's you know, what they're thinking, which is usually bad stuff. And um it buys us the time to make the food fresh and everything, you know, and it makes people not realize that they're waiting you know, four minutes for us to make, like, a really nice big hero. So anyway, as far as my favorite hero goes, um, that would be the Jimmy B, which is the only one that's not hockey-related. That's named after my father-in-law, who uh, passed away a couple years ago now. Um, He was always a fan of me and my ideas, and um, he always told me that I should invent something and become rich and take care of his daughter. (laughs) That's um, a great idea. You know, Yeah, so, you know, that, that whole idea has been hard on me, but I think the blue line deli is kind of working out. And I think that he's looking down and he'd be proud. So the Jimmy B is my favorite.
1: Talking with Donald Rosner, the owner and proprietor of blue line deli out in Huntington. Uh, Obviously, Donald, you're a huge New York Islander fan and you know, we've got to talk shop with you. Islanders are in the playoffs. The playoffs are right around the corner. Now we're right in the middle of training camp, but One of the bigger stories, too, aside from the Islanders being in the playoffs, is Ilya Sorokin, the white whale, by the way, has a sandwich now at your shop. How excited are you for Ilya Sorokin to finally be a New York Islander?
2: I am so excited. I've been wanting this guy just like a lot of other Islander fans for years. And, um, you know, there's a reason why we all feel this way. Um, This guy is unbelievable, and he's just he's acrobatic and just the way he flops around but like he does it in style and his vision and puck control and all of it is just unbelievable I mean I haven't seen a goalie like toss their goalie stick in years and this guy like he tosses his stick but on purpose you know and just the way this guy plays he brings excitement you know and like it's just, I'm I'm so stoked about it. I can't wait till they announce what number he's gonna wear, so I can go get a jersey with his name on it. And um, as far as the playoffs go, you know, I think any team can win this thing. I don't know what any of these guys have been doing. I don't know who's in shape, who's not. Right. I think something that's going for the aisles is that they're young and they got a really good coach. And you know, they got all their guys back, Sizikas and Pellick, and you know, those guys are the heart of the team. So I'm I'm, I'm excited, man. I think we have a shot
0: at this. Well, with that being said, Donald, do you have any predictions for this series coming up against the Florida Panthers?
2: I think it's going to be a tough series. I think that it, I, I, there's no way there's going to be a sweep. I just, I'd be shocked. Um, you know, I think it can definitely. We're going to see probably overtime every night, and um, <laughs> you know, I, I would say the Islanders are probably, let's say. I mean, I don't know. I want to say Islanders <laughs> will take it in th- three to two. I, I don't know, something like that.
0: Three
1: games to two. Okay, all right, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. All right. This is going to be. This is. The, we'll wrap it up on this note. But this is probably the most important question we're going to ask you tonight. And I don't know oh. if Gary asked you this <laughs> um, or anyone else whose whose show you've done. But we want to we want to make sure that we're we're in the front of the line if if this is in the works. But when do Sean and I get our own sandwich? <laughs> Obviously, you know Brendan's got a sandwich. I, I want a sandwich with my wow. name on it. I'll include Sean just because he's my co-host. <laughs> I gotta, I, I gotta do it. But when do we get? When? When should we come by and create our sandwich? Wow.
2: Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> it's hoping you come by at the same time, and you can eat three heroes at once, each you can have any sandwich you want. Oh my god.
1: I mean I'm going to take
2: down three heroes.
1: Three full heroes? Now is that three heroes apiece or three heroes together? I think you said each. No, three three each. Oh, I'll I'll knock those down. I don't I can't I can't
0: speak for Sean. I'll I'm, knock those I down may in have five to minutes. fast for a month before we do that. <laughs> I don't know if I have the stomach room for that, but but uh, I like the challenge. I accept it, and, and we'll do that. We'll come in and yes. we'll do a little Hockey Night New York three sandwich challenge. We'll probably puke on the floor of your store, but we're going to do it. That's that's probably guaranteed. There's <laughs> some high end of things, but I like it. Well, Donald. Love that you joined us tonight on the show. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate you sponsoring the show. We we love the relationship that we have with you. We love everything that you're doing over there at Blue Line Deli. And uh, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, have a great rest of your night, Donnie.
2: Anytime for you guys, man. I really appreciate everything as well. You guys are awesome. Thank you.
0: Take care, Donald. Thanks so much. Thanks, Don. All right, folks. All right. That was the owner of the Blue Line Deli and Bagels over at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, get yourself down there if you haven't already, because they do a fantastic job. The food is phenomenal. Donnie, like you just heard, he's a great guy. The staff is great, very friendly. It's an awesome place, decked out an eye stuff. Get over there, and they're always doing giveaways and you know promotions to you know help feed you and do it in a fun way, and uh, it's great stuff. So excellent stuff from uh, from Donnie there, huh, Christian?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, they, we've talked about it before. The sandwiches there, the food there is great, and obviously what he's done to be a part of the the Long Island community is is top notch. Um, uh, like I was saying before, and I was when I was ta- asking him the question, the fact that he was just getting out into the, his own business amid all of the craziness going on in the world, he was still putting other people first, and I think that's such an amazing trait, especially in today's world. So certainly a business that you can support and be proud to support uh, if you're an Islander fan and just as a Long
0: Islander. For sure, And but Christian, you know, first of all, you put Donnie on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> And then you put us both on the spot. Now, do you really think you can handle 100 percent? You really do. 100 percent. They're I'll big sandwiches, man. They are very generous you with know, their portions.
1: You know what it is? I'm a, I'm a
0: skinny guy, but
1: skinny guys can fit a lot of food in their, in their, in their guts. So. Well,
0: I, I admire your I'm confidence in. because I want I a sandwich. I don't have the same, <laughs> the same confidence that you do, but <laughs> we'll give it a shot. Maybe, maybe we can do like two and four. I don't know if we can bend the rules like that. We'll have to he discuss didn't, that he with didn't Donnie. Say we couldn't. Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe I you can might... handle four or like three and a half.
1: <laughs> you might have found a I loophole. Some, yeah, yeah. I like this.
0: I may need some help there, but uh, I love it. I love the idea, and we're gonna have to set that up. That'll be a lot of fun, and uh, you know, we'll probably uh, make clowns out of each other as we do. Hundred <laughs> percent, but it'll be a good time. All right, buddy. So let's get back to the Islander stuff here. Let's keep it rolling. Let's talk about camp because I believe uh, you finally made a little peer appearance there today, huh?
1: Yeah, so uh, th- today was one of the first times I've been down there to see practice in person. Um, you know, I've been part of a lot of the Zoom conference calls that have gone on during the course of the week. And obviously, um, you know, they're now officially a week in. And I think the, there's two interesting points from, from all this. One was what something Barry Trot said yesterday uh, when I asked him about how he felt the team was coming along as far as Um, Preparedness and the fact that these a lot of you know for the most part they these guys were off two three months without having any ability to skate and even when you have the off season during the summer the guys can still skate a lot of them will say they'll take a week or two off and then they'll get right back on the ice that wasn't the case during this pandemic they didn't really have that opportunity but what was interesting is when you watch them today uh, and, and other points during practice from from what you've seen other reporters report from from Northwell is that these guys were in pretty good shape coming back. I mean, a lot of the fundamentals were still there. And one mm-hmm. of the things that Barry Trotz pointed out yesterday when, when he was on the Zoom call was the fact that the coaches were on the ice with them. They were allowed to have one one or one or coach, one trainer, on the ice during the Phase 2 workouts and okay. how important that was to make sure that the guys were there in shape. And once you got to Phase 3, when the training camps were actually open, it was such an easier transi- transition than if you had just – you know, a couple guys skating here there by themselves without any real structure. Um, because as Trotz said on the call, sometimes those player only workouts can be a little less you know, rigid than when you have a coach out on the ice. And that makes a difference. And you sure. certainly can see that now. That being said, today Barry Trotz wasn't too thrilled with the effort that some of right, his players had that, yeah, or, or the team had as a whole. Um Which was interesting. You could kind of see it, too, a little bit. I mean, not to say that the Islanders didn't look like they were ready. It's just there were certain things where things seemed a little slower or a hair step slower, and they're like, all right, I can kind of see now they're still a little rusted, they're still working it out. And I think that's just par for the course in in a situation like this. I mean, it's such a unique spot that everyone's in. But even during a training camp, you're going to have days where guys are just not 100%. And, um, you know, it's certainly frustrating for a coaching staff, I'm sure, but it's certainly not, right. not one thing I would anticipate happening on a consistent basis. Barry Trotz is not one guy. It not a guy that's going to just let that go.
0: Right. Yeah. It's great that he pointed it out, and I'm sure they also have a, a firm understanding of the fact that like they really didn't know what what to expect. Right. With with this break and the layoff and not being able to get on get on the ice, and you know, it seemed like he was happy at the beginning of camp. He liked what he saw, and now I guess he's he's focusing a little more on on everything, and he wants to make sure these guys are ready to go when it comes to game time. And it's good that you know he's giving him a little kick in the pants today by saying, "Look, I'm not too thrilled with what I saw." And with that being said, were there any standouts for you today? Was there anybody on well, the well? I ice mean, that Matt Barzal look looked like Matt Barzal, and That's I think good to hear.
1: And the top line looked very good today. And I, Barry Trotz was also, you know, he he said he liked what he saw from the top line, but also it could have been a product of, you know, not everyone being there 100 percent on the ice too. But Barzal had a couple of good plays. Um, certainly looked like the Matt Barzal everyone's used to seeing and and what the Islanders need, especially that top line too. I mean, that's going to be such a crucial thing because you look at the regular season and the Islanders offense really went with how that top line was doing, right? You look at how they were, if they're scoring, everybody seems to be scoring when they're not scoring everybody seemed to have an issue finding the back of the net. And then such a big thing because the Islanders are not a deep team, I guess you could say, in that department. right? You know, that top line is really going to be the one that's going to put up a lot of those goals. And that's the, top, the line you need to put up a lot of those goals, especially in a postseason situation like you have now. You need them to be where you step that, that game up, and they need to be at that next level.
0: For sure. And I would just like to toot our horn a little bit here. Uh, our, our lineup predictions from last <laughs> week ended up being correct to the T when Pretty they good. when they started last week. Now, granted, they've made a couple of changes. We're already seeing some love for Thomas right. Kunacle, right. who we almost completely ignored last week. That's right. His name really didn't come up. Andrew Ladd's name didn't come up. I mean, I think kind of for obvious reasons. I don't think we're going to see Andrew Ladd stepping into the lineup. But he's there, and Barry Trotz did say that he's got a chance to get into that Pajot line, which we talked about right. saying that that third line is probably going to be an interesting mix depending on who's looking good here. But it sounds like Kunakl, Knuckles might uh, be a front runner for a spot on that line. Yeah, it's it certainly seems like it too. Another name that's
1: been tossed around a bit on these conference calls is Ross Johnston whose name has been mentioned really? more times than you actually have thought huh. it would be during these. Yeah. Uh, when he talked, when Barry Trotz has talked about some of the, the character players and some of the guys that are, are, pl- are out there and doing well mm. uh, during camp. So, I, I mean, that is not a surprise to me because like I, I, think, like I said last week, Ross Johnson is a guy that Barry Trotts and the Islanders organization seriously ser- seems to really like because he's like, he's plays a similar game to Matt Martin, but he's a, he's a pretty good, I guess, utility player. I guess you could call him almost a little bit. Um, for them, and they like the style that he plays. So his name has been thrown around a little bit. I don't know if it really means much, but it is interesting that he's been talked about a bit in the last couple days especially. But, yeah, no, K- Kunakl, you know, he's certainly been getting some time out there, and I think mm-hmm. that's an indicator that, you know, Barry Trotz might be leaning that way. But, again, it's it's also hard to tell when, um, right. you know, we're at this point in camp and things are still, still being figured out. I mean, Barry Trotz even today on the call, today being Sunday, said on the call that things could get switched up and he might be switching up things tomorrow on Monday. So, I mean, things are very subject to change through all of this because, and especially after a day where Trotz maybe didn't like the effort for some of the guys.
0: Yeah, and I think that puts a little bit of pressure on the coaches here, you know, just with all these unknowns and just with how quickly, like you said, things can change. Mm -hmm. And they really have to make these decisions on the fly. So they have this camp going on right now, and, you know, I guess that will help – you know, make some decisions heading into, you know, when the game starts. But I think, you know, we're really going to see the assessment made. And, and again, it's going to be have to be quick and on the fly when when that exhibition game comes up up uh, against the Rangers. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. I did want to ask you, and I know it's just day one for you and it's early, but did you happen to notice anything between the goaltenders today, how Varlamov and Grice might have looked?
1: Yeah, no, uh, I mean, not not too much. Um I mean, Varlamov, Varlamov made a couple good saves and mm-hmm. sh- uh, shootout saves. I think I tweeted that out. Um, it's a little hard to tweet out a practice scrimmage and be really compelled by some <laughs> so of So we got right now, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he looked, he looked as good as it's going to be, I guess, during a, a, a scrimmage. I sure. Mean, so, you sure. know, these guys aren't going a hundred percent. They're certainly going a lot harder than I think you'd expect in a normal training camp. But this, yeah, this situation is obviously different, but you know, still not going a hundred percent, but yeah, I mean, I think I still stick with what I said. I think, a week or two ago, where I said Varlamov's going to be the number one, right? Um, and I kind of stand by that now still. So it, it'll like like everything else, it's it's a work in progress. Everyone's trying to figure it out. And two, mm-hmm. just go back to one point you said before with the players and how the lineup's going to shake out. The one con- one thing that I don't think we really acknowledged mm-hmm. is the fact that it's going to depend on which players are available and not. Think about this, too. Yeah, You've got to think about the testing that's going on with some of these players. A great example is Boston the other day where they had, well, I think it was like seven players who didn't practice on Saturday for, they were unavailable. They, they,
0: they fall under that new terminology right. that the league is using, exactly. unfit to play or not, unfit to participate.
1: Right. And um, so it was a little unclear. And then the, their coach said that they they weren't dealing with any injuries and, uh, I believe it's Charlie Coyle's agent that spoke to NBC Sports Boston and said his COVID test was it was undetermined the first one, so he had to wait another. Uh. Day to get a new COVID test and that came back negative, so he was, he was back out there. Okay, he's cleared to play. So I, I mean, it's it's this new brave world that we're entering, but it's one thing we didn't really acknowledge last week. Yeah, when we were doing the lineups is that this could change because some guys may not be fit to play. The Islanders could run into an issue with the COVID test where maybe they're not coming back quick enough, and you can't have the guys back on the ice. So it certainly makes things a lot more interesting, I guess you could say, because it, yeah, you know, the lineup we see today could be very different tomorrow just because the tests might take a little longer to come
0: back. And maybe that as frustrating as it can be to only get an unfit to play as an explanation for why a guy is out there, but maybe it does kind of help explain things in the sense that they're doing daily tests. Yeah. So just like you said, maybe the tests aren't coming back with a result every time and they have to play things as safe as they possibly can. They can't, they really can't mess around. Because if one guy tests negative, or they they get not you know they get nonchalant about the testing, and and then you know you can have an outbreak, and then the whole thing falls apart, right? So they have to play it safe. It seems like they are. So they're they're doing the smart thing. They're doing the responsible thing. But you know maybe when we see these reports, like even the Islanders have had a couple of these, right? Nick Letty's been in and out. Scott Mayfield's been in and out. And maybe these guys, it's it's just it's not even that they're injured. It's not even that they're having a COVID scare, so to speak, but maybe literally the testing just isn't coming back with results every time and they, they, they're just forced to sit out.
1: Right, and I think that gets easier once you get into the bubble because the NHL is going to be right. handling it. I'm sure there's a lot more, I would, I would imagine, who knows with the NHL in fairness. But <laughs> you would assume that there's going to be a lot more structure. There's a plan in place to make sure that the tests come back in, in a, you know expedited manner. But then again, you look at baseball. Baseball has had a huge issue with, tests coming back and on time and whether, the, whether you know, everything is working out. The Washington Nationals, if you remember, about a week or two ago had issues with their testing um, where it wasn't coming back quick enough where guys just couldn't get out in the field for a couple days. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's certainly be interesting. At, again, because it's in a hub city, because the league is handling and you're having these these players in two specific locations and not moving about, maybe it makes it easier. But this is why, and we talked about it before, this is why these two three weeks that training camp has started before the teams get to the hub cities mm-hmm. are so critical that everyone's responsible. Everyone's smart. Everyone really limits themselves to where they're going between the rank and home, because it could mess things up entirely. Also, yeah. you know, a test could come back negative one day and then they get into the bubble and the test comes back positive And then you have a whole <laughs> yeah. other situation. Yeah. So, I mean, we have seen that with the MLS. We've seen that again, baseball has had issues. So, It's certainly on the table. You're not hoping for it, obviously, but it certainly is something that um, has made some people nervous. There was a story in Newsday the other day, um, and I believe it by Andrew Gross, actually, about um, infectious disease doctors who were still concerned about the way the NHL is going about this. And Mm -hmm. Those weren't direct quotes to Newsday. It was actually to TSN in Canada. yes. But still, it speaks volumes to the level of concern that people still have once these guys are in these hub cities. I mean, look, the Blue Jays can't even play in their own city because the, the Canadian federal government was concerned about players coming in and out of Toronto internationally. So right. there's a there's a lot of concern for this. There's a lot of concern. There's a lot of ways this could go sideways. And again, we're not saying we want it to. We're not saying that it's going to happen. It's just a reality of what's going on in the
0: world and, and has to be acknowledged. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, it's, it's great that... We're now a week into camp. We're starting to see players on the ice. I'm sure you guys out there, you're very excited to see those guys in blue and orange, you know, back out there skating, getting at it, and and it's great. To, I mean, I can't say enough about Barry Trotz, and, and it still blows my mind that he's the he's the coach of the Islanders because they just haven't had a coach like that since. I mean, you might be able to say Peter Laviolette, but like since Arbor, it's been it's been it's been an interesting roster. We've talked about it on the show <laughs> in, in in shows past, but. You know, it's great to hear, you know, he's just so forthcoming, and he's up front, and he's just, you know, kind of letting us know, look, this is the deal, this is how things are going, and he's being very real with the fans and saying, look, you may not you may not get the players that you're expecting here on the roster. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with who, who looks good, who who feels right, and, and who's going to be right in the situation. Like, you bring up Johnston, and we really didn't discuss him much last no. week, and he's there, and he does serve a purpose. I don't know if it's going to get him in the lineup against the Panthers. I'm just not sure if I see that. But, look, if Barry Trotz brings his name up and it's possible, then you got to figure it's possible because he knows a lot better than I do. Yeah, and, and,
1: and again, but it's really a bunch of guys fighting for that one roster spot. If everything goes according to plan, if the testing comes back correctly, nobody gets sick, if nobody gets injured, it's really that third-line winger spot that seems like it's going to be a couple mm-hmm. guys fighting. You have the Bellos, you, you have Bellos, You have Wallstrom. You have brassard Brassard, who I think I think Brossard is basically a lock-in to get into the lineup at this point. Okay, it's, it's weird when you think about it. You're not going to play Derek brassard He's all this playoff experience. He played with Pajot, too, when you think about and it. he's
0: he's been known to be clutch in the playoffs. And on the wing. Both of those yes, guys. Yes, and
1: on the wing, too. He was very successful during the regular season. So mm-hmm. you kind of bounce all those different ideas off into this one bucket of how this is going to play out, I guess you could say, Sure, it just makes the most sense that he's going to be the one out there. And then it really becomes who's going to get that, that other winger spot, who's going to be there. And it, it's, it, do you go with one of the younger kids? Do you go with Bellows or a Wall, Wallstrom? If you have that opportunity, it, it's tough to say. And if, if that's the way that third line is being built out, you know, Kunako makes a lot more sense there than, you know, maybe a Wallstrom or maybe a, a, a Bellows in that situation, just because it seems to mesh a little bit more with that line. And with, what you're creating in that situation,
0: right? Unless we forget, even though it didn't count, Kunnackel did start the <laughs> the playoffs <laughs> last year with some fireworks with that goal on the opening uh, uh, shift. Look, Kunnackel had
1: two goals weighed off in the playoffs. He he had um I think one. Oh in game yeah, two I as think you're well. right. Yes. Um. So he he was negative two for goals in the playoffs, <laughs> but they were the there was the he was the best looking player out there with <laughs> negative two goals yes. during the series. But I, I mean, in all seriousness, look back at him look back on him in that playoff series. He was pretty good. Did a good job. He was out there, and he did what the Islanders mm-hmm. needed him to do. And I think that's really, especially in a situation like this, that's really what you're looking for. He's a solid player. He has playoff experience. He fits right. the mold of what you have with Pajot and Broussard. Assuming Broussard is there, mm-hmm. that fits the mold of what you want for that third line. And I think it, it makes it more effective in, in that situation because I don't know if a Bellows or a Wallstrom fits in that, where the way you want
0: them to play maybe doesn't fit the way that Paggio and Broussard are going to play. Yeah, I guess it's a matter of whether or not a guy like Bellows or Wallstrom are ready to play the game that we're expecting from them when they finally come into their own. And Barry Trotz has already said, if there is a tie between guys, it's right. going to the veteran. Right. It's- and it, and But that makes the most sense in this situation. You're in the playoffs, you want
1: a guy that's going to go out there and really, um, you know, do what you need him to do. And in this case, you know, Kunackle's a guy that, you know... He, He's obviously got a little bit of speed he can he does have a shot when he gets the opportunity and but he, he's a responsible player in his own end and when you think of a third line usually that's the line that does a little bit of both you know they're very responsible in their own end but they can create scoring opportunities when given the chance and this is the first time too we're gonna see a full four lines of healthy centers too where Pajot is gonna be the third line center and it makes mm-hmm. that you know it takes a lot of that pressure off like we were talking about before it takes a lot of that pressure off that he was feeling trying to fill in a higher spot. And the fact that he's getting the full training camp, too, I mean, that's huge for, for Pajot and and Andy Green, too. Andy Green, we're not sure he's actually going to get playing time, but still, right. for him to get the, the opportunity to, play a, to participate in the full training camp with the Islanders now, it makes their job so much easier because there's a much better understanding of the system. There's a much better understanding of the guys you're playing next to, especially considering Pajot... Broussard have a history playing with one another. They know each other a bit, and it makes that so much easier. And for Pajot, again, getting to know the other guys on the roster makes that transition so much easier because you'd have to imagine Pajot is going to be out there on the power play in some form or the other. And he, they were doing power play work today, and he was out there on the power play on the special teams unit. So go. it certainly makes sense that this is going to be uh, – it helps them. Him, him, Andy Green, so much in this situation. They got a full training camp. It makes that third line – so much more potent. And you finally have those four lines again that the Islanders can roll. And right. that makes them the deadly team that they are. For sure. Well, I
0: think that kind of wraps it up for Camp, right, Christian? I think we pretty much covered all bases there? Yeah, I think so. All right. So, folks, want to thank you one more time for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We're going to take one more quick break, and then we'll talk about the exhibition games and the schedule for the qualifying round. We'll be right back. When it comes to Long Island hockey swag, no one does it better than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. If orange and blue are your team colors, visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and newly added masks and tumblers. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting YesMenOutfitters.com. Don't forget to use promo code H-N-I-N-Y for 15% off your order. Yes Men Outfitters, stick to the system. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. And here we come back for a little exhibition game discussion as well as the qualifying round schedule before we wrap things up. So, Christian, assuming you're able to get it together over there as you're Laughing yourself away to yourself. I don't know what's going on, but are you all right? You I was and mocking you again.
1: It's so easy. You have the same in your time.
0: And welcome back to the program. I'm Sean Gutberg. Well, that's, that's kind of how it works here, buddy. That's, uh, that's how we do things here at Hockey Night in New York. Uh, if you right don't like myself, it, I mean, you can go. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it.
1: Jeez, uh, next time I make a Dunkin' Donuts run, I will remember to not
0: text you. That's, that's not nice. You are not a good friend. All right, so let's talk about these exhibition games. We now have a schedule for those. They will take off on Tuesday, the 28th. That's when we finally start seeing some hockey, even though the games won't count, but still very exciting, and the Islanders will kick things off on the 29th, Wednesday, at 8 p.m. against the New York Rangers, and we get a little crosstown rivalry there, and, you know, We're calling these games exhibition games, but I think they are going to be a very, very different animal as far as exhibition games go because it is the one game that these teams are going to get before they're playing essentially playoff hockey, win three games, lose three games, and you're out. And I think we're going to see a little more fire in this Islander Ranger game and all the other exhibition games throughout just because these guys, A, are fighting for spots in that qualifying round, and I think they're going to want to play as close to top speed as possible so that they're kind of hitting the ground running once they start their qualifying round.
1: Well, when you're basically scrimmaging yourself for two, two and a half weeks or something like that, that that exhibition game, because they only get one, it becomes crucial because that is the first competitive game any of these guys are going to play since March you know, 12th or whatever it was when the league paused. Sure. So that becomes such a crucial thing heading into the play-in rounds, heading into, um, you know this this I guess you could say makeshift first round of the playoffs, uh, sort of speak here. Uh, and you're right, it it becomes crucial because for if you're a coach, these are where your your last minute decisions are really going to be made. This is where you're going to mix and match possibly. This is where you're going to test out the lines that you've thought through training camp are going to. Get you into the playoffs and get you a deep run, and this is going to be your first opportunity to really see it in game action. Because after that, it's it's go time. There is no there is no wiggle room. There's no room for error once you hit those best of uh, five series because you got to win three games. It's such a short window that any mistake, any little error, there's not a lot of room to correct it. There's not a lot of time to make the changes that you're going to need to maybe um, correct some of the some of the. Mistakes that are made or whatever the case may be. This exhibition game, like you said, it's, it's going to be so crucial. This turns into basically game
0: 79 or game 80 of the regular season. Sure, sure. Now, if you're Barry Schrotz and obviously a goalie has to be selected for game one, do you think he's going to split the game between Varlamov and Grice to get a better assessment before going into game one, or do you think he's going to pick his man beforehand, give him the full game so they get a full rep before they get started? Yeah, I think Barry Trotz
1: is going into the hub city knowing which goaltender he's starting. I I don't think that it makes sense to split time because, sure, you want to keep both goaltenders, I guess, fresh and ready to go if you need one or the other. But I think by that point, you know which goaltender you're going with, and it just makes more sense to give them the opportunity to get that full rep. In because, yeah. like we were just saying, this is going to be a real game, basically. this isn't. It's called an exhibition game, quote-unquote, but it's going to have the, the feel of a real game, regular yeah. season game, playoff game, because these, both, both of these teams know how crucial it is
0: to get this off
1: on the right foot.
0: And not only that, Christian, but everybody's playing a team that take, they could potentially be seeing in the yeah, next round.
1: That's true, too. I didn't even, you, you add that onto the it's just it's almost like a scouting game, too, then.
0: Right, right. And, you know, look, there's a big mental aspect to these games, right? And you might want to even send one of these teams a message. Because, look, I mean, <laughs> obviously chances are against it if you look at the standings and you look at how how things fell. But you could see the Islanders and the Rangers meeting meeting each other later on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be a message sending. I think that, it, again, it, in a, maybe a different circumstance, sure that could happen. Mm. But I think right now everyone is just so focused on getting their their own. Stuff together and making sure everything is exactly where it needs to be going into those first round matchups. That, like, the idea of sending a message like, if you're the Islanders, you're playing the Rangers, you're trying to send a message. It just seems almost silly because, <laughs> or, or counterproductive because it, it, right now you're just trying to survive this first round series and get into the playoffs. You can't even think about what's going to happen after that. Your focus needs to be narrowed down to the Florida Panthers if you're the New York Islanders, the sure. Carolina Hurricanes if you're the New York Rangers, the, um, I think Florida is Florida playing Washington or Carolina. They're playing,
0: playing Tampa. They're doing a lot yeah. of rivalry games,
1: which is fun for the fans. But I, again, I I think the rivalryness, I guess you could say, is taken out a bit because of sure. how much more important these games are in the grand scheme of things. You need to. This is where your systems get back. You know, you're really seeing your systems in action for the first time mm-hmm. in a game situation. This is where your line combinations you're seeing for the first time in a real game situation. You can't get caught up in the silliness of a rivalry at this point. It's just not worth it. And the foresight has to be everything's focused on that first-round matchup.
0: And these are fair points, but I will say I'm glad the Islanders aren't the Carolina Hurricanes in this (laughs) exhibition series because they are playing the Caps, and you talk about sending messages. Tom Wilson is not shy about doing that, whether it's exhibition or otherwise. So I'm just glad that there's no Islanders that, that may fall victim to a, a questionable Tom Wilson hit <laughs> against the Caps before the, the real games get even started. And to piggyback off of that, the thought just popped into my head. What if somebody does do something questionable in one of these exhibition games? Is there going to be some sort of discipline that carries over into the qualifying round?
1: I would have to imagine that's the case because, I mean, we've seen it in the regular season where pen, or like a bad hit or something like that is extended into the postseason before um but i mean you'd have to imagine that would be the case i mean how do you how yep. do you litigate that you can't say a player x just knocked out player y with a pretty illegal hit and hit them not get punished right. i mean it's just not it's not right sure. and it's counterintuitive to everything the league has tried to do up until this point as far as you know, policing the game. So mm-hmm. I would imagine that there is a consequence to that, and it impacts your team. Because if you're just saying, "Well, we'll push it off till next season," yeah, I mean, what's to stop some you know player X from just running player Y on, on right. the other team in these exhibition games just for the hell of it? Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I know guys aren't doing that just for the hell of it, but it, there isn't the, I, I guess, the fear you could say that. If I do something stupid, there's a repercussion that not only impacts me and my salary, but it impacts how my team could do because I'm not in the lineup. And right. I think that's really where the fear and the, the restraint comes from, knowing that because hockey is such a team game, right, it's the fact that you're going to impact those guys. You're impacting your teammates, not just right. the impact it has on itself. So I, I, I would imagine that the league would say, hey, like, you messed up. You're not going to play X number of games in this postseason. You missed the f- first or first or uh, second game, first and second game of the of the series, or you missed the entire series, depending on the
0: viciousness of whatever happened. For sure, for sure. Well. Those are good points, and but either way, I think these are probably going to be maybe the most watched exhibition games yes. in the history of the league. I mean, aside from the fact that we, you know, you can't be in the building, of course, but just the fact that everybody's just f- been itching for hockey to come back and yeah. under these very strange sets of circumstances here. So I, I would imagine the ratings for these games that don't count are going to be higher than, than normal.
1: Oh, 100%. There's no question about it. I mean, these are going to be games that people want to tune into. I'm sure the the Mets-Yankees games that you know, those exhibition games that were on television the other night, they Mm -hmm. probably drew in decent ranges because people haven't seen live sports in so long.
0: Right. So I
1: I mean, there's an excitement of just having, you know, like we've talked about before, just a little bit of normalcy to what's going on in the world. I mean, people are still you know not working or people are still at home working from home and stuck inside or whatever the case may be. Um, It's just exciting to have that release and that relief where you could go and watch a hockey game for a couple hours and not have to think about what's going on elsewhere and, and so there's there's some excitement and I think that a lot of people are looking forward to that
0: absolutely well we do have a schedule now for these qualifying rounds we did know that things were going to get kicked off on Saturday August 1st but now we know who's playing we know what time and now we can complain about it <laughs> <laughs> so let's get it, let's get it started here Saturday the 1st You're going to have five games to kick this whole thing off, and the NHL is very wise to start it on a Saturday. Everybody get a good night's sleep Friday night. Make sure you have a good breakfast in the morning because you have over 12 hours of hockey coming your way on that Saturday, and it all starts at noon. The Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes will kick things off. That's at 12, like I said. After that, 3 o'clock, you got the Blackhawks versus the Oilers. Then at 4 o'clock, your beloved Islanders will be playing game one against the Florida Panthers, After that, you get 8 o'clock. That's the Habs against the Pens. And then they will wrap up that first night at 10.30 with the Jets versus the Flames. And as far as the Islanders are concerned, beyond that, you get back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday, noon games, Christian? Yes. So I know most Islander fans are not fans of the afternoon scheduled games but i think in this situation beggars really can't be choosers given the limited scope of places to play (laughs) (laughs) and just the way this whole thing is set up let's just be happy that hockey is actually about to happen and i guess christian do you have any opinion on how they they set this up do you like i mean look obviously they're they're working with a very limited you know ability here but i mean do you like how they set this whole thing up
1: look the we Let's call it what it is. The Islanders and Florida Panthers are not a marquee series. And I think <laughs> No. I think any objective person can come to that realization. Even if you are an Islander fan, you can come to the realization that if you're a national viewer, your interest in the Florida Panthers, New York Islander series is most likely somewhat limited. Compared uh, to the rest. Yes. Right. Yeah. Other than the fact that you just want to watch live sports. I mean, that's, that's exciting for, right. for, for everybody. Right. But the idea that it's at 12, it's fine. Islander fans will watch it. You'll get the, you know, the casual viewer as well, too. And like I said, a lot of people are, you know, whether they're not working, they're working from home, they're on vacation, um, you know, staycation, if you will. Um, there's going to be plenty of eyeballs on this game, regardless of what's going on, regardless of the time slot. People are going to be able to tune in and watch it, and I think that's the most important takeaway. It's it's that return to some semblance of normalcy. You get your hockey back. You get to watch the Islanders and they're competing in the uh, the tournament. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to phrase that first. Sure, play, that works. Yeah, playing in round the yeah. postseason tournament. The
0: the the playoffs that kind of aren't playoffs because right. aren't they doing something weird with the stats too? Like, any yeah, stats a player accumulates in the qualifying round is considered playoff stats, but they're not considered playoff games.
1: It's very strange. <laughs> but, I mean, this is the stuff that they, they you know, negotiated with the with the Players Association. So, right. I, I mean, you know, it's a lot of the legal mumbo-jumbo. But it, it's just, I mean, it's at noon. It's fine. People will watch it. It's exciting. The Islanders have then have this. If they get to a game four, it's on a Friday. And if they get to a game Five, it's on a Sunday. So regardless of the start time for
0: those, people will be We don't know that yet, right? That's still TBD? TBD, TBD. Okay. Uh, What we do know is that MSG will be carrying the exhibition game against the Rangers 8 o'clock on that Wednesday night, and they will also be carrying the qualifying round. Now, do we know if those games will also be nationally broadcast? Are hockey fans going to be able to watch... All of these games on an NBC Sports Network or yes. on NHL Network, so I they believe are.
1: all these games are all nationally televised. They'll okay, be great. They'll like the playoffs. They'll be blacked out locally so that MSG doesn't lose the television viewers right. um, to the national broadcasters. But it, nationally, it should be on an NBC or NBCSN, especially that first day. I would imagine that they've, they've blocked out all their networks to, to carry these games because that's, that's going to be something people are going to tune into. And does MSG also have rights in the opening round of the playoffs? Part that, of the playoffs? I'm not sure about <laughs> okay. that. Will be interesting. Usually, traditionally, you're right; they would get the the first, the traditional first round is when the local broadcasters still have the rights. Right. It's a little unclear. I don't think the league has really made mention of it. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't okay. seen anything about beyond the play-in round. And I think the league's kind of concerned going round by round. Um, I mean, they're obviously trying to fill out some of those local, um television contracts with, with these teams. Um, uh, some of these broadcasters lost out on local television games because the season stopped short. So I'm sure this helps. I would imagine if that's the case, then that the first round, the traditional first round. <laughs> the round of 16, I suppose. Yes, the round of 16 would be also a locally televised uh, games as well. But again, I'm kind of just speculating here, just using some, I guess, semblance of common sense. Okay, and you have that. Apparently. <laughs> I've been told I do. I haven't been Is able to confirm official? that, <laughs>
0: but apparently I do. Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. I think but it's debatable. Just, uh, just
1: the logic, if you will, if you, you know, X plus Y equals Z kind of thing. All right, well,
0: I'm just glad that it's getting closer and closer. We have a schedule now, and it's right around the corner, and hopefully there aren't any hitches. But speaking of hitches, did you see what happened in Edmonton? Oh, the... <laughs> The flood in Rogers. Yeah, I mean, what are the chances of
1: that? Someone had a great tweet. Someone tweeted at me because I I retweeted the photo. He said (laughs) he said literally when it rains it pours, and it was just the video of the arena just flooding. It it was nuts. I mean, it it really it would happen to the NHL as they're trying to prepare for this ginormous undertaking of these two hub cities. But apparently they have it under control. The impact won't be belts for these teams going to the hub cities the arena will be ready for them right once they get there and so i think that that's the biggest thing there's still you know i think there's what still two weeks left before they go yeah
0: they said that it's not going to be a problem so there's plenty of time which is which is good for the
1: league and which is good for
0: Edmonton. it just amazes me that of the 32 buildings that the nhl has utilized this year for nhl hockey games that it just so happened to be one of the two well, of course that they're using course. i mean that's just unbelievable what are the chances of that you can't make this stuff up. But yeah. with that said, Christian, I think I think we're all set here, right? Yeah, oh, sure. We'll cover it all bases. We can wrap this up? I think so. Well, folks, with that being said, that's exactly what we're going to do. So I want to send a big thanks out to Donald Rosner of Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Really appreciate him coming on, talking about the deli, talking about the Islanders, and just thank them as our sponsor. Really appreciate it. Remember, get yourself down to 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Excellent food, excellent sandwiches, and apparently... We may have a sandwich eating contest here between Christian and myself and over at the Goulin And a, Yes, a <laughs> throwing up contest. Exactly. So really appreciate you guys tuning in, hanging out with us tonight. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe over at your favorite podcast provider. That helps us out. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Remember, you can follow Christian on Twitter at C underscore Arnold 01. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. You can follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For Christian Arnold, my name is Sean Cuthbert. Have a great rest of your night. We will see you next week.